Well, all right. So on this next to last page, um, you know, we now kind of figure out what's what's really been going on. And that all re- references back to when the guys are first getting the investors at the start of the story. Bill? And then how it leaded to... Bill? Yeah, yeah. Are you still synopsizing the con issue? Uh, no, no, no. All right, well, yeah, yeah, you caught me. I've, I've, I've just been trying to... I, I just wanted to streamline what I had been doing because I... I felt I could make it better. I know it was jumping around, but, you know, well, maybe it wasn't jumping around. But, you, you know, I, uh, much to the to the prostrations of Scott Rifen, uh, I just want to keep going wait, 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 on this whoa, 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 whoa. What, what? What? Did you just say prostrations? Yeah. I, I don't think that word means what you think it means. Inconceivable! Back to the bin. Hey everybody and welcome to Back to the Bins. I am Paul Spataro and today I am joined not by a Bill Life Model decoy, but by Dr. Bill himself. I've lost my can of Mountain Dew. Nobody move. (laughs) I don't want to move and knock it over. It could be disastrous. Oh, come on. Oh, there it is. All right. All right. Hey, I... Another three-mile island on our hands. (laughs) With the... uh... With uh, with Garrett Morris and Pepsi uh, syndrome. Do you remember the skit from Three Mile Island that they had with that? It was the Pepsi syndrome. Was it the Pepsi? No, no, no. The one that on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, well, but didn't it? Because uh, somebody knocked over a can of Pepsi or a bottle of Pepsi or a glass of Pepsi onto the panel, and it caused the machine to short circuit, and that's what started the disaster up. Yeah, but then they had. Uh... Was Garrett Morris the cleaning lady? Yeah, he was, cl- he was cl- cleaning up the, the mess, and he became giant. And uh, and then Jimmy Carter became Jimmy giant. Jimmy Carter became giant, too. And then <laughs> since she was the same size, they... This is my new up. wife. <laughs> yeah, it was quite quite the rage at the time. So how, wow. But how do I know? I mean, we're, we're hundreds and hundreds of miles apart. How do I know that this is you and not a life model decoy? Why, well, I, I don't know, Paul. How would you know, since you created the life model decoy? But it's taken on a mind of its own. Yeah, it's sleeping with my wife. I, 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 in my mind, I picture having Jen do the thing like uh, in John Carpenter's The Thing and draw some of your blood and then heat up some metal and stick it in there. <laughs> if it doesn't jump to life itself, then we know it's really you. Oh, come on. Does anything on me jump to life? <laughs> there you go. Okay. <laughs> so I can trust that it's you then. Yes. But the how would I know if you're the real Paul Spataro? Oh come on, who else out there can do this the way I can? Mm, Scott Gardner, Scott Rifen, Chris Honeywell. You know what? I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> I got to try to give it back to you since you give it to me. You know, again, I say these things. They sound, I don't think the sentence through and it comes out. And then again, it, I said that. And then it goes into the lexicon for the for the life model decoy. <laughs> Such good life model decoy uh, material here. Cling <laughs> uh, so, uh, on bastard. I, I, uh, I feel kind of bad because uh, we we did the episode 400 tribute show that Scott Rifen put together uh, for us. And originally, mm-hmm. as you were aware, that was going to be a much bigger production than it was. Uh, because originally we tried, we were planning on doing it 
and having a build-up to it like the Marvel movie universe and have little tags at the end of different shows uh, and then eventually have people wondering, what, what are they talking about? What's coming up? And then, then building up to that show. But then episode 400 snuck up on us and we never had a chance to, to do that. But we had recorded three different tags, one for our show, one for Dinner for Geeks, and one for uh, Earth, Destructive, Earth Destruction Directive. Uh, mm-hmm. And I have those, and I hate to have them go to waste. So what I'm going to do is, at the end, very end of this episode, after we sign off, I'm going to put those three tags. So if anybody is interested in hearing them uh, and seeing what we were planning on doing, they could listen at the end of the episode and, and get a flavor for that. Cool. Hey, so what am, else is doing? Am I sounding okay? Because you were sounding metallic again. It, uh, you were breaking up, but again, well, you sound like you're clearing out now. <laughs> Not your nose. Oh. <laughs> Although, oddly enough, you sound better. <laughs> Might just be coincidence. Do you, do you remember in, in uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, there's the guy who's going to give them the ride. Yeah, I got the guy over there to give us a ride. And they cut to the guy, and he's like... <laughs> <laughs> it cracks me up every time. Uh, okay. So what else you got? Uh, let me see. No new comic uh, thing. Although, uh, yeah, I did listen to the Life Mile Decoy episode today. Very funny. <laughs> And uh, um, so I hear you've been getting a lot of stuff again. Although, and, and now Scott's whining; he's not getting anything. <laughs> yes, me, uh, lovely listeners. I don't need anything right now because I don't even know what I have, which is pretty much how I found tonight's book. I was just di- digging around and found a book that I don't remember buying. I don't, re- and I found a couple other DC books that I have no idea where they came from. I maybe I've just absorbed somebody's some, some you know. Some collection somewhere. I have no idea, but uh, that's okay. I'm good. <laughs> I will no, take your your well wishes and thank yous and feedback. You know what I'm more interested in trying to get now than old issues, really, because I, I I'm not really collecting old issues to speak of any longer. I've been getting things in trade. Uh, human organs. Well, yeah, I, I would like to harvest some human organs, but on a comic book level. Oh, oh. Uh, Somebody had somebody had put up a post a while back on Facebook of, you know, what do you prefer, the digests or the treasury editions? And I used to have quite a few treasury editions, and I really only have a handful of them now. And I think that's the thing I want to try and, you know, when I go to conventions or when I'm in the comic store or whatever, and see if I, you know, if I see any that are decent priced, I think that's what I'm going for from now on. Yeah, I only have um, two, maybe three treasury editions. I've got the original Star Wars um marvel one and then i believe a battlestar galactica one mm-hmm. and i've got one for the buck rogers gil gerard movie but i don't know what company it might have been an independent company you're big on the licensed was. treasuries huh yeah yeah i don't have really a, a, any other tri- that's the only ones that i have see I, I had kept some of the original ones i still have uh the two spider-man and superman ones I have the Batman and Hulk one. I have the Superman and Muhammad Ali one. And I might have one or two others, but I'm not even sure if I do. But I used to have, you know, a ton of them. And I guess I got rid of them cause, just because they were so big and they weren't as easy to store. Or maybe I lost them in one of the moves from my parents' house out and then from my apartment out to here. But uh, I, would, I would like to re- re- reacquire some of those a lot more than I really want to acquire individual regular issues yeah especially with the big i was able to keep 
Oh yeah. I was able to keep mine. I think um, because I had other large size books as well. I had um, the original Superman oversized movie book. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a good and one. And a Superman, a Superman, the the Superman two one that followed. Uh, I have the Life magazine from when Return of the Jedi came out. Uh, you know, all big, large books. Uh, a couple other movie ones too. I've got uh, like the the Star Trek two one they actually gave out at the movie. Oh, that's cool. Um, and it was it was treasury sized. Well, it's a little bit smaller than a treasury size. Uh, it was like a special promotional one when you it's went actually to the kind movie. of digest sized. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a comic book. It's not as big as a treasury. I guess it would be, but no, no, no. Dot, it's like no, the dot. size of something you get in a, in a Cracker Jack box. No, no. It's between a comic and a treasury size. It's not the, di- the digest. Sized. small. Yeah, yeah. Then I have like a Starlog magazine of Star Trek too, and then I got a bunch of concert books too. That they're all in the same box. So okay, and there was the Doctor Bill moment where the whole show stops. So so coined by so so coined. Was so that Scott, Scott so, Reifen? No, was that uh, no that, that J. was J. David, David Weir. Yes, yes. <laughs> the ever <laughs> so clever J. David Weir. Still waiting on that uh, Dark Side and Clyde. Uh, hey, was don't, it Spirit in the Sky. Spirit in the Sky. Or don't it, don't don't rush perfection. Oh no, so that's how you got your My Spataro song. By rushing perfection. No, by not rushing perfection. Oh. we were working on that for months. Really? Yeah, it it took me a while to write it. And then I gave it to uh, to Mr. Weeder, and, and then he, I mean, I'm sure he was doing other things. I don't think he spent an entire month working on the song. You don't know that he didn't. I don't know that he didn't either. But uh, you know, because your birthday's in April, right? October. October. That's right. <laughs> I have no concept of time. Remember that. That's why I tell synopsis is out of order. Synopsis. 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 Oh, so did you see what I did on Facebook today? Yeah. Did you create a new a new persona? Yes, I have a new persona because I'm tired of having all of my non-comic book friends say, so you're really into this comic book thing, huh? What's a podcast? And, and it's not that I have any level of embarrassment over my hobby. I don't. I, uh, I'm actually very proud of my hobby. Uh, but I'm just tired of explaining to people, and I just felt it was time to compartmentalize my life a little. So I, I took all, all my comic friends on Facebook and... Uh, and shifted them to my the Paul Spataro dash BTTB Facebook account. Mm. Why didn't it say Paul Spataro executive producer BTB I don't know, but on on that one uh, on on uh, employment, I put Demanzo Corp. Oh, <laughs> I didn't read that. I didn't go that far into it. <laughs> So I, I friended, you know, I just did it all today, and I have like 90 friends already, which is kind of cool. And uh, But I, I friended Paul Levitz, mm-hmm. and he said, thanks, but can you tell me why you want to friend me? <laughs> <laughs> and I told him, oh, I'm a big fan of comics, and I liked your work on Legion. And then he was like, okay, and he friended me. <laughs> Who are you? What do you want? That was interesting. Like, You know, it was basically <laughs> my interview to see if I could be his friend. Hi. Can I be your friend? Well, right. maybe well, we should all do that. I don't know. It, like I said, it just seemed easier to compartmentalize things. And then I felt really guilty, like, unfriending some people on my regular accounts. Oh, oh. Because hmm. they're on the Facebook. They're on the right, comic right. one. And they, they, mm. don't, they don't really care if I'm... Yeah, I've, I've had a few people have friended me and uh, on um, from the show. And I thought about, oh, yeah, maybe I should create a new one or something but no uh, i'll 
I'll let it go for now, I guess. Yeah, well, it just, you know, and it's not that anyone is saying anything where... Oh, no, no, yeah, I'm not saying that either. But it's just like, it's easier just not to have to explain and, you know, just, like I said, compartmentalize my uh, Facebook life a little. Mm -hmm. Of course, it means I have to sign into two different accounts to check what's going on in in the world. But I get the feeling the comic book one is going to be the one I'm going to be more active on anyway. So what's the over-under on when your kids, uh, when you forget to log out and your kids put something on that one? I don't know, an hour? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and an hour from when you log off tonight? They they really do seem to get a kick out of it. And I keep telling them, you know, people are going to be pretty bored of that. And they're like, no, everybody thinks it's funny. <laughs> everybody thinks it's funny except you. We all know you love bacon now because of it. Well, I do love bacon. According to those pictures, you really love bacon. I do. I really love bacon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You say according to those pictures, are you saying because I look fat? Or are you saying because of pictures of bacon? <laughs> uh, pictures of bacon. Okay. <laughs> All right. And on that, let's, uh, let's go over to some email. <laughs> over to the email. Mail time. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Okay, our first hey, email. While Jim wrestles the anaconda, we're going to go to email. Now, come on now. What was that from? That That's Mutual well, of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. Mary Perkins. Of course, there was no email back then, but yeah, I. good old Jim. <laughs> while Marlon stands good, good back at Marlin. the same distance. <laughs> I, was, I was actually trying to find a quote from him. I don't remember what it was. It was one of the episodes we did. And it was something that was like a pain in the ass to do. And I wanted to put a quote from him saying, I'll, you know, basically, while I stand here in safety, Jim is going to fight this this lion or whatever. And then uh, I wanted to put that in, but I could not find like that kind of quote on uh, on YouTube. Well, while Jim tries to inseminate the water buffalo, I'll be safely in the Jeep. <laughs> over there, 200 miles away just watching film of it. <laughs> from a safe distance. While he wrestles the crocodile. But I used to like watching that show. Yeah, that was back in the days of the... Uh, I remember that and the wonderful world of Disney mm-hmm. being on TV. And oddly, I remember King Kong being on TV. It must have been yeah. the 70s. Had to have been the 70s. The original or the 76 version? The 76 version, yeah. I remember watching it on a black and white TV. Little Jessica Lang booby. Mm, yeah, a little side boob. Kong liked it. <laughs> He really liked it. That was kind of scary. That's kind of scary now when you think back to it. And you're like, ooh, ah, ooh, ooh. okay. <laughs> that was the blue portion of our episode. <laughs> Things that wake me up in the dead of night in a cold sweat. Oh, God. <laughs> I, was in, I was in Jessica Lang's dress and he was trying to undress me with a giant finger. Oh. So, on to email. <laughs> email, Our yes. first email, email is from Professor Allen, everybody's friend. Bin boys. Oh, wait. Before you do that, nice suck up, Professor Allen. Oh, yeah. I, I, I have to admit, I like the suck up. <laughs> I'm loving the variety of books you've covered the last few episodes. Steel, Huckleberry Hound, Godzilla, The Elongated Man, awesome stuff. That's what makes listening to Bin so fun, having no clue what you guys are going to talk about. But you guys always ended up ending, ending up... But you guys always ending up with an entertaining discussion. That's okay. We don't know what we're going to talk. We don't know what we talk about either. I think that's part of the fun of it, though. (laughs) 
Keep up the good work. You guys keep putting out episodes, and I'll keep listening. By the way, that Scott fella did a great job in episode 135. He ought to be on more often. That's Professor Allen, host of the Quarterbin Podcast, co-host of the Short Box Showcase. Thank you, Professor Allen. Which I guess now I can't pick on Scott anymore since I'm I have a, a life model decoy. I've missed a couple of shows. Your very own. My very own. But Scott had the life model decoy first in the promo for Avengers Spotlight. So hey, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> That's you know I was thinking today, and and while it amuses me, it would probably be an awful episode. But I was thinking of doing a solo episode with a Bill and Scott life model decoy. You know, I I, I thought the same thing, and I was wondering if you could put it off. Uh, I mean, if, if if you could pull it off. Just you, you would say something, you have a, a Scott going, eh, well, mm, and then, you know, me spouting out, you know, well, what? Huh? About, about yeah, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> it could be amusing, but I, I, I don't know. If It'd I be know. a lot of work. Right. <laughs> oh, all right. I am taking on the next email. I guess I shouldn't say taking on the next email. And it is. Moonstones, Men of Steel, and Blue Dogs, Back to the Bins, 135. Hold it, hold it. Cue spam music. Oh, Jason Trenner. Hey, guys. Ah, Bendis. Yeah, not really a big, uh, a huge fan of his. Every time I read one of his comics, he ends up showing why I am lukewarm to him at best. On to Captain America, 170. Moonstone on the cover. And it is the original one, not the infamous one who took over, who took his power source and has been a mainstay of the Thunderbolts. Not sure where Carla Soften is now, as Dark Avengers seems to have broken up. I don't know where she is either. I'm still way behind on Avengers and such, and Thunderbolts, and anything new really right now. So, The Tumblr. Well, at least it has an E, and it, and, or at least he has an E, and it didn't name himself after the much later... Uh, Internet, what is Tumblr exactly? Well, you know, I'd probably have to answer that, ask that question myself. Isn't it pictures, Paul? Or do you really know what Tumblr is? I'm not into Tumblr. no idea. I know someone who could if she's listening, and that's Hope Mullinex. She's always throwing stuff up on Tumblr. I think it's a picture dumping ground. Okay. So it's like Instagram. What? Instagram? <laughs> no, I know. I was just being, yeah, uh, my daughter does. Yeah, my, my uh, wife says... Uh, uh, oh, well, my daughter will say, well, I put these up on Instagram. Didn't you see them? Huh? What? How what do I get to that? that? What's an Instagram? Does a guy come to my door every time you put a picture up? That's weird. <laughs> I, don't know, I just picture somebody having to come and sing every time. Hello. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Here's another picture of a cat. La, 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 la. <laughs> Here's another picture of Bill killing a cat. <laughs> I did not kill that cat. I was just menacingly threatening him <laughs> with the hammer. Okay. I, I, I can go get Alvin and squeeze him and make him meow just to... So. Meow! <laughs> Wait, Alvin, come here. Yeah, all right, yeah. Meow! There we go. All right, back down. Back down you go. So, squeeze him a little too hard. fractured ribs now. <laughs> ah, what the hell? Hell's wrong with you? You squeeze me too hard. So, anyway, where was I? Ah, Falcon. He really needs a less offensive girlfriend. The tour and later trip were were likely so he didn't have to deal with her at all, like any sane person would if, if they had those resources. Well beyond shooting her brains out. Oh, yeah, that was the horrible uh, girlfriend of the Falcon that you guys were ripping on. Well, Lila. <laughs> Not sure why Moonstone was holding a press conference a few feet away from Cap Cell at most. So, Stoneface. 
A mob boss from Harlan, for some reason, is in Africa. Okay, that's a bit odd. But hard to get any falcon foes. Falcon foes? Falcon foes? Falcon foes given where he is. Falcon finally gets his wings. You know, and when a falcon does gets his wings, does a does a bell go off? Mm-hmm. Or is, is it exactly like a... Thing. Every time a bell rings. Every time a falcon gets, gets his, his wing, wings. a klaxon goes off. <laughs> awesome. Plus Cap wondering what he's going to do when people try to break him out. Next up is an Adventures of Superman by Dan Jurgens. He's a favorite writer of mine, and I also think his art is pretty good, too. I agree with you there. I like Dan Jurgens' art. Absolutely. He was a writer. What has he written? I'm not... I, well, you know what? I've probably written stuff... Written. I've written. I've read stuff he's written. I just don't know or remember off the top of my head. Do you? By any chance? I could not give you off the top of my head what he's written, but I know I've read quite a bit that he has. Yeah. I believe all DC. I don't think he's ever written anything for Marvel. I know he's drawn Marvel. I just can't. Uh, I know you're probably pecking away, aren't you, Paul? No, no. I'm, oh. I'm just a listener. Okay. I'm feeling lazy. Hmm. Perhaps some clever reader, uh, clever reader, clever listener uh, will write into us and then we will read it from there. But just remember, if you write in bins at, what is it, bins at twotruefreaks.com, not the Gmail address. Yes. Gmail is dead. Oh, well, at least try not to send any email there. We get to see how a bad decision of Clark's got a guy turned into a vegetable by running his car into a semi and then into a tree. And it is likely that the explosion would have Clark being the only survivor. It was part of what made Clark Superman and reminds me of Superman the Secret Years. Only there, Clark missed saving a friend instead of being in the car with them when the foot when the fool got severely injured. <laughs> I almost misread it. And it was spelled correctly. I, I apologize, Jason. I he was so used to trying to make, make him feel bad about his spelling that we'll make up misspelled words. We are shamed. I feel so ashamed. Okay. I like the drunk in the so, present. What? Just a, it's from uh, when Steve Martin and Dan Aykroyd used to do the two wild and crazy guys. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they they were going to meet the girls and they didn't come and they realized finally, you know, they were told they're not coming. And I, I think it was Steve Martin just looking at me and says, I blame myself. <laughs> <laughs> two hot American yeah. boxes. But that's besides the point. I have a cold, I'm sorry. We're big on Saturday Night Live tonight. Yes. Old Saturday Night Live, kids. Original cast. I like the drunk in the present getting his tires melted. I've got to agree, it did sound like the start of a Smallville episode where the guy would gain superpowers and Clark would have to fight him. Meatloaf, that always sounds good. Then again, anything that isn't mushrooms I'll try and quite possibly will be consumed much like Galactus can... Much like Galactus consumes planet. Now, if, if I remember correctly, when we had that conversation, uh, I think Luke had said something about going out and having a meatloaf, and Scott's response was, "People go out just so they don't have to have meatloaf." Oh yes, I, yes. Well, you can go out and have meatloaf. It's just hamburger shoved with a bunch of other things into it. Meatloaf is delicious. Yeah, but you could have that at home. I do kind of agree. There's no point in going out and in having something that you could just have at home easily. I prefer to order something that's a little harder to make. Isn't that why guys have mistresses? Oh, wait. We're not talking about <laughs> I've, I've jumped subjects there. Anyway. <laughs> you just get that? <laughs> no, but it just took a while to really kick it to gear. <laughs> meatloaf. Oh, I would rather go out for my meatloaf, if you know what I mean. Oh, anyway. But that didn't sound good either. Oh. <laughs> Life model Bill coming back again. <laughs> 
Hello, I am the life model, Bill. There you go. Why'd you like, isolate that one? Every one of these things out. <laughs> Finally, we have Huckleberry Hound 36. So there was a question mark and an exclamation point there. So hence, I had to accent on the Huckleberry Hound. But, you know, I'm falling back into Star Trek Con thing. So I, I got to move along or I'll never finish this email. Well, that's definitely different. And somehow I think Huckleberry Hound probably wishes GPS was invented so his vacation didn't involve man didn't involve manned and, and a dog as well, it seems, eaters, instead of eating spam, 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 cooked up in a weird cooked up in weird ways and local culture. And of HH, I assume that's Huckleberry Hound, swims to Hawaii like he's Harold Hecuba. <laughs> if you get that reference, I will be very impressed. Hmm. Mm. Oh, it's right there, but I can't. Is think. it really right there? Yeah, it sounds familiar, and I want to. I it's not a cartoon. No, it is not. It is a, a sitcom. T- it's a t- I was gonna say it's a TV it is a, show. A, a vintage sitcom. Aaron Hecuba. Played Hecuba. by a well-known actor who was not a regular on the show. Give me the actor. Maybe I can come up Phil with Bill Silvers. Okay, then it would have to. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Do you need to take a break? <laughs> <laughs> I get smoke coming out of my ears. I have so uh, oh, coming out of somewhere like... else with that noise. <laughs> Come on, think. Uh, uh, damn it! Obviously, it's black and white. Uh, no, no. Okay, no. no. All right, that that sixties, sixties. CBS, <laughs> CBS. Well-known theme song. Mm, hum a few bars. <laughs> Gilligan's Island? Yes. Oh. He played oh, he a, produ- a, a, a producer okay. that landed on the island. And, and, the and they did a musical version of, uh, I think it was Hamlet, but it could have been a different Shakespeare song. What was the one a where short Shakespeare play, rather. What was the one where all, all they had was the black and white film, and they made a movie with that? Not sure. You know the one I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I think they, they made a, a film of their uh, of, of their, their predicament. Whole... Like they recreated their uh, getting shipwrecked and all, and they sent it off, I guess, hoping someone would yeah. get it and come and rescue them. And then it was like a big hit, and they thought it was some somebody's uh, last, like lost ma- masterpiece or something. I saw one the other day. I, I, I happened to flip around. I guess I was on TV land or something, and it was uh, Hans Conried was Wrong Way. Uh, the guy... That flew the plane upside down, wrong way. Oh, I can't remember what his full name was. He was trying to teach Gilligan how to fly the plane because he didn't want to fly his plane anymore. And he was saying, uh, oh, okay, you got to adjust a coconut and then a papaya and then a banana. And then, yeah. Anyway. That sounds familiar. It's the genius of Sherwood Schwartz. Yes. Uh, To hear more Sherwood Schwartz uh, stories, uh, tune in to the first episode that Scott Rifen came on for. Ah, maybe we should start. Based on what I heard uh, today from listening to uh, the Life Model Decoy. Oh, wait, that's right. I was there. Oh, wait. No, the Life Model Decoy was there. Um, we should have a 70s TV show podcast. That would be cool. With uh, with Match Game and uh, The Odd Couple or 70s, 60s show. And anyway, finally. Well, okay. Ah, and HH swims to Hawaii like he's Aquaman or Namor. The Doctor one was weird. At least Huckleberry Hound was not a Time Lord. <laughs> Good point. Al on Z. And then we skipped the small... Di- oh, you wouldn't get that. You haven't got to the Tenant ones yet. 
I don't know if I could say fantastic as Huckleberry Hound as Christopher Eccleston. Fantastic. It's down so much like goom. And then we skipped the small duck that got roided up in Harvey Birdman Attorney at Law at one point. Hmm, I haven't seen all those of you. No. Moving on. But Jason always has to give a reference to something we haven't seen. (laughs) He's young. He has time. He has all the time in the world. And next we have H.H. finding a flying carpet, which he sends to the dump, and it goes there. Either it takes orders really well or is really sensitive. His car also doesn't take too kindly to being ditched. Must be Christine. Of course, if it was a Transformer, it'd probably have shot him. He gets buzzed by the Air Force, has to deal with a witch, gives a candy house to a pair of mice, and finds plane parts in a city dump. When did Huckleberry Hound end up with SWAT cats? <laughs> yeah, I had to go there. I remember SWAT cats vaguely. Yes, I remember that. Well, that was a great episode, and I can't wait to see what else you pull out of the bins. Jason Trenner. I have the wrong mouse. Oh, it, and that's... bend down and get it? No, that's to oh. my left, where it's not usually. I'm All on a right. different setup. I'm going to go out of order because there's two more. One is short and one is long. Since you just read a long one, I'll read the other long one, which okay. is also from Jason. Hey, guys. On the topic of what you guys review, I really enjoy you guys talking about stuff that I haven't read, which is pretty much your usual format, so you really aren't changing anything with that one. And likely why you haven't reviewed most of the suggestions I've given for the show. Uh, we, we do like getting suggestions, though, so no, I, I don't, think... don't, uh, don't hesitate to do it based on any feeling of rejection, because we do like to hear what people want to hear. I thought we reviewed at least... Something he had mentioned. I thought so, too, but Jason's obviously deeply hurt. He's, I think it's specifically you that he's got a problem with. Me? I don't know. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> My wife just let the cat out here. Dun, 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 dun. Straight to the yeah, food. He's oh, still sorry. trying to prove that he's alive, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and Scott, you are incorrect. I, do I have to go any further with that, or could I just leave it at that? <laughs> In that you have some weird war tales. At least think you do as you tried to get the issue that has... The full reveal of the monitor. Unless it was another book starting with weird in the title. I don't know. Man, I got to proofread my emails better. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. I know you're just having a laugh, but geez. Not at you guys. Just my utter, utterly misspelling. That, that is kind of embarrassing. Uh, we didn't really want to embarrass you. We wanted to have fun with you, Jason. And we hope we did. And uh, we hope that you've learned spell check. Uh, but we really... Don't mean it. You know, we do enjoy getting your letters, and, and we don't want to discourage you. Although, I wonder what type of ales an amateur chief could cook up. <laughs> anyway, on to the amazing Spider-Man story, Here's Mud in Your Eye, or Hydro-Man and Sandman doing a fusion dance from Dragon Ball Z ends up happening in this or the next issue. Start See, now, I, I get that one, because I watch Dragon Ball Z. I get that one. You should be very proud. Start off with Spider-Man after a nasty fight, and he looks messed up. And then Hydra-Man, after spending who knows how long in a water tower, fights him. After the cops cover Spider-Man's escape, he goes to the movies. Oi! <laughs> and then we get to see Sandman and Hydra-Man fighting over a woman. I don't know if I'd use the word woman. I prefer hoe. <laughs> a woman-like person. Yeah, I'm still not sure. And Peter, unable to sleep due to weird singer neighbor... Still less weird than when he had the Human Torch as a roommate, and it ended up after a drunken night of partying with a nihilist using the can. 
I don't remember that at all. <laughs> if you get a chance in your next email, let me know what issue that's in, because that sounds weird. It seems finding the living death in your bathroom is too much even for Peter to put up with. Peter needs Facebook or such to complain about his life and really should have rested up before fighting Sandman and Hydra Man together. Who they fight who they fight and each other at the about the same time. It all goes it goes to the dock and in the end Sandman and Hydra Man are merged into a mud creature. The DC is Elongated Man number issue one is next. And they never can have all those various little specialized shops be used to identify Paris, can they? Can't have the characters come out of this really cool mustard and cheese shop to help identify they're in the City of Lights. Reminds me, I'm kind of in the mood for a sandwich. <laughs> Funny, a baguette hit Copperhead in the face, and that supposed and supposedly slippery like the slug snail themed guy, elongated man fights later in the issue, but has more trouble with. And an archduke wanting some of Sue. Well, the way Sue was drawn in that issue, I'm surprised if anybody didn't want her. Yeah. Well, that miniseries sounded like it'd be worth a read. Yes, there is Cobra with a K villain named Lord Naga in the DCU. I wonder if Marvel's Cobra changed his name to King Cobra and became leader of the Serpent Society. Well, that and if he predates Copperhead. I think he does predate Copperhead because Cobra first started in a very early issue of Thor. Cobra is an old daredevil villain who used to team up with Mr. Hyde after all. But Mr. Hyde also was introduced in Thor around, give or take, a few months from when uh, Cobra was introduced. Finally, we have Khan, issue one. A look into the history of Khan for the reboot verse, which until Admiral Marcus, a.k.a. Admiral Robocop, found him, should be about the same, to be honest. Yes, Bill, that star star date is for 2259, as the writers of the reboot films, or whoever set up the star dates, is even lazier than you are about it. That is a compliment, Bill. Hey! (laughs) I wonder if Khan mentioned he had nothing but contempt for the court. We see Khan growing up and his eventual escape attempt, and then his rise up to try to take control. The Khan books lead me to read about the World Newton crossover and such universe, to which I add the Transformers via several articles I wrote, Good Times. Okay, yeah, that's that's the reference in this letter that I don't know what it's talking about. (laughs) The eugenics war for Trek lit is basically a hidden war. Yeah, for the Into Darkness comic prelude... They had a female half-Bajoran daughter of Harry Mudd show up. And Scott, from what I've heard, the original Battlestar Galactica movie, or whatever you want to call the opening story, was about, if not more expensive, than Star Wars. That one was not cheap. Well, that's an awesome app. Can't wait to see what else you guys pull out of the bins. Thank you very much, Jason. We appreciate the emails. Yeah, I remember the... Didn't the Galactic... Did the Galactic movie... Co- I know it could then on TV... I thought it was just a uh, TV event. I don't remember it being in the movies at all. Now, see, I remember it in the movies, but I don't know if it came out like the summer after. I do remember watching, um, wow, this would be a really early Dr. Bill moment. It would be intern Bill. Hint, hint. Or, yeah. Or, and now it's time for. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and now it's time for Real Life with intern Bill Robinson. I remember back when I was, ooh, I don't know. Nine, eight, maybe ten. Watching Battlestar Galactica on TV, and it was interrupted by Jimmy Carter, Menachem Begin, and Anwar Sadat for the Israeli-Egypt peace signing accord. 
I was not happy. Is that it? That's it. That's pretty much it. I just remember right. I was mad when I got, I was like, what? I'm trying to watch my show. Peace in the Middle East. What do I care? I'm eight. Right. That was real life with Dr. Bill Robinson. Not a very good one. <laughs> one of your lesser uh, life lessons. But whatever. What can you do? They can't all be gems, ladies That's and gentlemen. right. All right. So I've got the last one. I believe it was for Mr. Bragg. Actually, you know what? I gave it to you because I thought it was short because Russell's emails are usually pretty short. This one goes on. <laughs> not saying it's a bad email, but it isn't oh, as yeah. short as I thought it was. Go ahead. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is from Mr. Bragg, and it is titled Back to the Bins, number 135, Spider-Man, the Elongated Man, and Khan. Hi, Paul and Dr. Bill and special guest Scott Gardner. Haha, <laughs> pardon my email if there is an echo. I have a can of tea by my keyboard. That's right. I have all cans away from my uh, from my microphone to prevent you're not, that. You're not going to make the echo sound? <laughs> I enjoy your show as it is. I don't think I would... I don't think I would in the beginning. I am a pre-crisis of Infinite Earth superhero comic guy preferring DC. However, I have grown to appreciate learning about many of the characters you guys have talked about. I have learned about Goom, Man-Thing, and much more about heroes I only knew by name, such as Thor, Captain America, just to name a few. It's always up to you guys, but I'm satisfied with the show as is. Scott, I picked up Superman 212 in December. I got it for $2 because the guy didn't think the comic was in that good of a shape. Fine by me. I personally categorize it as very good. Paul, sorry I didn't have a new moniker for you. I don't have a new moniker for you yet. Uh, I'm waiting. Take this for what it's worth, but Wikipedia lists Godzuki as the cowardly cousin of Godzilla and Pete's best friend. Would that be Pete's dragon? Or was Pete the name of the kid on the show? Pete must have been the name of the kid on the show. I guess, yeah. Unless he's talking about Pete Puma. Boy, that's rough. (laughs) The movies and cartoon are different, I guess. And the background music doesn't bother me at all. I like it. You are quite welcome for the comics I sent you. It was a pleasure to give back to you. As I said on Facebook, I wanted to give you the comics not because I felt sorry for you. Oh, pity party for Paul. But because I want to. Well, you know what? Let me interrupt there. Because I appreciate that, Russell, and I appreciate the sentiment. But if anybody else has anything good out there and they want to send it to me because they feel sorry for me, that's fine. Use Go ahead. Cars, Keep reading, Bill. <laughs> Timeshares. I could use some treasury additions. <laughs> <laughs> but next time, I'll wait for nicer weather so your comics don't get trapped in a snowstorm somewhere. Dr. Bill, you might have... Alvin, yes, and Alvin has just leaped up onto the window to get out because my wife let him in here 10 minutes ago and he's getting bored. Dr. Bill, you might have mentioned Alvin by name and I forgot. It sounded familiar as soon as you said it. Hope he's doing well. Yes, he is. Looking forward to whichever show the talk about America versus the Justice of Society America is on. On to the comics. DC, Paul, Elongated Man miniseries number one. Didn't know he had a miniseries. Did he have a solo comic at any point? I, I think do not r- believe that he did. Yeah, I think I think, he I think the always... miniseries was it. Mm. I think Ralph was always my favorite stretchy hero. I liked his red costume best. Never understood why he was never shown animatedly until the Justice League cartoons. Should have appeared in the Super Friends. Although, you know, they probably didn't. Uh, um, well, I was just reading fur- further, when he mentions Plastic Man. 
because they had a plastic man cartoon a while back and mm-hmm. i don't maybe that's why they didn't do the elongated man they wouldn't want to you know how many stretchy guys are they going to want to show and mar um and russell goes on to say didn't care much for plastic man and mr Fant- and mr fantastic is okay there's just something about elongated man character that appeals to me i saw him a lot in my flash comics so i know more about him compared to the others to the others i mentioned as for sue and the ambassador this type of storyline has happened before you might have been thinking of the Dr. Fate backup stories in Flash comics. Inza did the same thing with some other guy. Great synopsis, by the way. Makes me want to get, get to this to see what happens. Get this get this to see what happens. Sorry. Marvel. Scott. Amazing Spider-Man 217. I knew the name Hydra-Man from the animated series. Wondered if the comic and cartoon characters were exactly the same. In the cartoon, Hydra-Man was a jilted boyfriend of Mary Jane's, and he stalked her a lot. My brother was a bigger Spider-Man fan than I was and collected all the Spider-Man comics and might still to this day. I'm not sure. I would read some of them every once in a while when he wasn't looking. It's okay. You can read them. I remember Spider-Man turning into a lizard the best. Personally, I liked Spider-Man 3. Also, my wife didn't. (laughs) As for the Spider-Sense, I remember in the Spider-Man TV show, his Spider-Sense was future-seeing. Not just for his personal protection. Great summary by Scott. Wildcard, Dr. Bill. Star Trek con number one. Again, I'm risking my listening privileges. I never got into uh, Star Trek. I didn't see any episode on the show and saw one movie, Star Trek Generations, because a friend picked it. It was okay. I did enjoy the reading of this comic, however. Well, thank you. I'm glad someone enjoyed that. Scott Rifen. Probably had a couple hours to kill. (laughs) Very funny. Better end here for now. Hope you allow me to come back. You're always welcome. You're always welcome, Mr. Bragg, as is everyone who emails in. And thanks for keeping me entertained at work. Russell Bragg, Clarksburg, West Virginia. And that's all for the emails. Thank you once again, Russell. Okay, okay, it's ready. Yes, yes. It's ready. It's, it's ready. It's yes. Go, go. Talk. Hello, lovely Leylands. Leylands. Leyland and Michael Leyland. Michael Leyland is Andrew Leyland's son. He's the younger of the two, so... Yes, I know Michael is the, the, the younger, the son. I, I understand how genetics work. Uh, this is Lord Darkseid. And his good buddy and co-host from uh, Sequest, Clyde. Yes, thank you for informing them that you are there, Clyde. Go sit in the corner. We don't have corners. It's all circular. It's a dome. It's a dome. Architecture. I am here to... Thank you for the wonderful show that you make. Hey Kids Comics. Hey Kids Comics. Yes, on the Two Podcast True Freaks. That has on now the Two True Freaks Network. Can can you see if Paul Spataro is there and we can say hi to him? No, no, Paul Spataro is not there. Why? So we won't speak to Paul. We are speaking to the Leylands. But I want to say the hi to the Leylands. The Leylands from across the pond, or across the universe for us. Anywho, that's enough, enough. No, it's never enough. I just want to thank you for making a great podcast and apologize that my Christmas special frightened young Michael. Yeah, he's he's we scared him. Boom. Oh, 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 you scared me. Did I, did I do it? I don't know if you scared him, but you got me. Well, I, I don't know. I, you need I to be careful. Anything. I have heart palpitations. But keep on making the wonderful Hey Kids comics podcast and keep on keeping on. You're really going to end with keep on, keep it on? Really? You can't you re-record that. I don't think that was lame. No, I it don't was... think that was lame. I'm going to leave that in. Lame. Let's, let's push sin. No, don't push sin. That was lame. That was lame. Keep on, keep it on is a valid response. It's not a valid response. Goodbye. 
lovely ladies. Goodbye. Looking forward to your G.I. Joe episodes. Goodbye. Yo, Joe! And we're back. So, uh, what do you got today, Bill? You got a DC, right? Yeah, I've got the DC. Do we want to do the DC first and then no, the we'd, we'd, what you want to break format? Come oh. on. Come on. We don't do Come that. <laughs> I, I have the, DC, the Marvel. You've got today. the Marvel. And I picked one story out of a book with several stories because I picked Savage Tales number one from May of 1971, which was a magazine sized book, a uh, black and white magazine. And it had a 50 cent cover price. So. I guess that gives you an idea of just how long, how how much difference there is in the price nowadays. Cover is by John Buscema, and it looks like a painted image of Conan holding up a severed head aloft. Uh, but I'm not going to do the Conan story in the book, which is probably, I believe it's the first story in the book, and it's probably the one that was the, uh, the focus of the book itself. But I'm going to do the Man-Thing story, because Snickers it is Snickers. the first ever appearance of Man-Thing. I almost feel bad doing Man Thing without Dave on the show with us. Yeah. But, but sorry, Dave. You're here with us in spirit. Maybe we could have life model Dave. And the story is titled Man Thing, and it's written by Roy Thomas, and Gray Morrow did the art. Uh, there are no other credits in the book, and I looked in uh, Mike's Amazing World, and he didn't have any other credits e- either. Uh, so I guess Gray did his own inking, and since it's a black and white issue, there's no color colorist on it. And it doesn't tell us who the editor is, but maybe since it was Roy Thomas, he may have been his, he may have been self-editing at the time also. Mm. And the story starts, it has a prologue page, and I'm just going to read the uh, actual uh, words on the page. It says, How long have you waited? How long have you languished in this swamp, in this hell of fetid darkness? How long have you listened, listened to the night calls of singing cranes? How long have you watched the play of life and death, predator and victim? Watched until you can wait no longer. How long have you lived this nightmare here in the darkness? Lived it so long that you've almost forgotten. And along with those words, there's a pic- there's pictures and you- they show the swamp and they show a crane swinging by or flying by and then either a crocodile or an alligator, I don't recall how you tell the difference between them, comes, comes up out of the swamp and grabs the crane by the uh, leg and he's pulling it down. And then a, a big man-thing hand comes up out of the out of the swamp water and he grabs the creature and then we have a big splash page on the next page uh with man thing fighting the uh alligator or crocodile pulling its mouth oh. apart king kai king kong style what's I, up i thought you were describing chris honeywell <laughs> sorry uh the text says once you were a man but now even that memory fades to join the others which once gave you sanity and you don't even try to scream your frustration. Now, as you struggle for breath and life, the last of your humanity leaves you, and you become truly the man-thing. After that, he drops the presumably presumably dead creature and walks off. And then we cut to a flashback, but it's not really well defined in the issue. Like, if, if I didn't already know the story of man-thing, I wouldn't realize it was a, fl- a flashback so much as a cutting to just another scene. And, uh... We see a lab in the Everglades, and our hero, Ted Salas, is talking to his sexy lingerie-wearing girlfriend who's hanging out in the lab. 
Her name is Eileen Brandt, and I believe she was a character in Iron Man 3, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that's, we, I remember t- uh, we talked about that, that she was one of the extremist people, wasn't she? Yeah, yes. No, no, she was the scientist that got him, that got is Stark. She? No, I don't think so. I think she was, or was she the extremist person that meets him in the bar. and That had the scar on her face? Yes. Oh, okay. Which is and then we were the story, actually. And then we were complaining about uh, if she has extremis and can grow back a limb, why couldn't she fix her face? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, although, you know, is it really that safe to be in lingerie in a lab? That looks, that, that no, absolutely looks not. highly flammable. But it also looks like she's wearing lingerie with nothing, you know, no mm-hmm. no undergarments mm-hmm. from appearances. Looks like she's wearing a drape and nothing else, a see-through drape. All right. I'll I be can... back in five minutes. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say that. Uh, all right all right 30 seconds <laughs> let me just mute this while you talk paul oh that's that's that that's not good either all right so back to our story uh ms brandt is trying to calm ted down and you can see he's upset by the fact that he's his work is going to be used to kill people and uh he's not too upset to throw her a banging though i was gonna say yeah so let's have sex and after, after that, and you can tell it's done because, like, there's, he, he's sitting there, he's got his, his face in his hands, and he's so upset. And the next scene, he's sitting there in a pair of boxer shorts. <laughs> <laughs> so, I wonder what happened there. Well, it says an hour passes, two then. What a man. <laughs> Does it say what a man? <laughs> well, no, that, that's just implied. Okay. All right, well, after he's done uh, with some nookie. He, he shows her the only sample of his formula and tells her that the formula is the actual formula itself is only in his mind and he hasn't written it down at all. So they go off to meet his government contact and when they arrive the contact is laying dead on the floor and there's two men that confront them and it turns out, shock of all shocks, that Ms. Brandt is a double agent who has sold him out because uh, she says she needs expensive things. So Ted proves to be a pretty decent fighter and gets away from the two men and gets into a car, but then he realizes he's 100 miles from the nearest anything, and he realizes he's not going to be able to get away from them. So rather than let the formula end up in enemy hands, he steers the car through a fence and it goes into the swamp. Ms. Brandt, in an expositional moment, tells us that the swamp is bottomless. I don't think that's a real thing. I don't think that word means what you think it is. Well, I think it means exactly what I think it does. Yeah, but I but... think I think it's not real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when they talk about bottomless pits or whatever, they they you know maybe okay we can't reach the bottom, but I don't think there's a such thing. But that's whatever. You will be dead before you reach the bottom. I think is the implication. Okay, good enough. Like when? Mm. Just need a little snap. Anyway, in the swamp, Ted's formula reacts with the swamp waters and transforms him into the man-thing. And he slowly makes his way out of the swamp, where the vestiges of his memory drive him for revenge. Revenge! He causes their car to overturn, and he kills the two men. The second one is kind of cool, because he does a WWE backbreaker finishing move, slamming the man down on his on his bent knee. Then he goes after Ms. Brandt, and he grabs her face, but lets go without killing her leaving her scarred, blistered face with just a pool of seared flesh, uh, which kind of goes with the Iron Man 3 thing, where she's got the scar on her face. Mm. The final narrative box says, Well, you made it, Ted Salas. You have, you have your super soldier, your indestructible killer. Too bad you couldn't have known your ultimate victim would be yourself. 
According to uh, Mike's Amazing World, the story has been reprinted in Monsters Unleashed number three, Book of the Dead number one, Trade Paperback Man-Thing Whatsoever Knows Fear, and Essential Man-Thing Volume 1. And this is the first ever appearance of Man-Thing. And uh, I think it's pretty cool. I like oh, the yeah. work. Uh, it's it's very moody. It plays really, really well in black and white. I don't think adding color to this would make it any better at all. In fact, I think it would take away from it. Yeah. Uh, I'm not really... I mean, I've seen Gray Morrow. I've seen his name. But I, I can't say I've seen it much. Uh, it's definitely got that magazine look to it. It doesn't look mm-hmm. like a comic, and I think it's because of the black and white. You know, it's, instead of uh, coloring, you know, the, you had this more shading on the black and white that's intended for print in black and white. And uh, I guess maybe that, to me, why is, is why it has a magazine look about it. But it's definitely really creepy looking, uh, and, and Man-Thing is never totally defined, which is actually really good for that character, because... I don't think his body is supposed to have a hard and fast form to it anyway. Yeah, because when he first comes out of the swamp, he looks—he still looks mannish looking. He looks still more like a man. You know, he doesn't have all the man thing features really grown out yet. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, like well, I'm trying to find a page like uh, page eight and nine of the story, or when they're about to run him down with the car. When he's in the lights, he looks a little like Man-Thing, but in the previous panel, he looks more like just like a guy with a bunch of moss hanging off of him. Looks less like Man-Thing and more like Swamp-Thing. Yeah, which, yeah, this was, uh, I think we talked about this before. Which one came out first, Man-Thing or Swamp-Thing? I think this came out first, but I think they're so close in time. Because this is the the Wes Craven Swamp-Thing movie. (laughs) I mean, this is almost exactly minus the... uh, uh, you know the same story, but his uh, the woman in that was not the the spy. It was the other guy uh, that was working with him who was had the mask, and it was actually Arcane Louis Jordan underneath the mask that be, that uh, betrayed him. You'd hate to sleep with uh, Louis Jordan. You sleep with Miss Brant, and you find oh. out that it's really Louis Jordan. <laughs> Dracula. Ah. <laughs> but the the art kind of reminds me. To me, seems a bit Neil Adams influenced, maybe a little bit, especially with the the hair on uh, Ted when he's in the boxer shorts, uh, I'm gonna have on, to... on his legs and his arms and his chest. You got the Sean Connery hairy chest going there. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I can definitely see a Neil maybe Adams the, touch to maybe it. Maybe not yeah. the panel layouts, although on some of them are like on page what that page is that? It's six, top of page six. You've got the panel kind of cocked off to the side, mm-hmm. you know, because Adams is always known for some of his, you know, in his early X, the the X Men ones he did, how he did the panel layouts were were new and innovative back then. Well, look look uh, at page seven, the first the top top row of panels. First panel is clean by itself, but the second panel actually shows is behind the action. It, it's it's one big panel that takes up the entire rest of the page, but then there's a small panel within it. Right, it shows the action as it's going on, and it, it does convey that that frenetic action on its own because of the way it's laid out. Oh yeah, and then and then the one the one below it, the car is actually coming out of the panel into the over the top of the next panel, like it's behind the behind the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely got that Neil Adams type innovation on the way the 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 panel lay, panel structure, I guess I'd call it. Mm-hmm. And uh, overall, it's 
you know, the, the storytelling is good. The narration, I, I kind of liked the narration in it, which is why I chose to read a lot of it into the synopsis. Because uh, I, I think it, it kind of sets the tone. How do you lose your clothes like that in a in a car accident? She's got almost nothing on but strips of clothing. Well, she didn't. That's what she looked like beforehand. It wasn't all ripped up like that. She had that top with that magnificent rectangle on the cleavage. Mm-hmm. I guess this is my fashion moment. <laughs> and another Phil Phil Robinson's fashion moment. You gotta love those tops with just the just the cut out rectangle for cleavage. Mm-hmm. Well, she's got a lot of cleavage there too. Oh yeah. Know what and Ted was doing? I don't know. Ted was getting busy with his man thing. Oh, he, he was getting busy with his man thing until he turned into a man thing. <laughs> the uh, the splash page with the fight with the crocodile is is really good too. Yeah, you're right. That the the first thing I thought of when I saw that was uh, from the King Kong from uh, for me. You know when he snapping the jaws back. Yeah, that's that's Especially exactly in the '76 movie. That's that's what it was evo- evoking from me too. But if you look at the panel closely, not only is he doing that while he's doing that, he's got his two legs wrapped around its body, holding it down mm-hmm. in like a wrestling move. Mm-hmm. Which is oh it's yeah, and interesting. I guess what's it? I guess he did kill it because he does flop it. It's floating back there in the water. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Poor little thing. But it's 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 interesting to to think about it that he's got the you know basically he's got the fighting moves. But it's all instinct because he's really basically mindless at this point, mm-hmm. just working off some, uh, you know, some vestiges of his of his former memories. But he doesn't actually even know what they are, and they, and they started, you know, right out. Even though they don't clearly tell you what the whosoever knows fear burns at the touch of the man thing. Yeah, doesn't later I think you know I don't know if we talked about this last time, but man thing goes on to be like the guardian of the nexus of realities in the swamp. Yes. Uh, I remember that coming up in the Hulk later because didn't the Hulk? That's where when they had the totally mindless Hulk. I think Strange banished him to the crossroads of reality, and I, I don't remember if he fought him there, going into it, or uh, I could just be lumping one comic book on top of another. Well, maybe that question would be well served to uh, J. David Weeder because I think that may be a. Uh, is that a Peter David? Uh... I want to say that's pre Peter David when well, you know had what? the mindless Dave, Hulk. Dave could look it up anyway. Though. Because all the listeners are out there to do our bidding. <laughs> Paul's minions. What was I listening to? Oh, I, I, that's what made me think of it. Uh, I was listening to just one of the guys today, and uh, Sean and, and David was his was his guest on the show, and they I don't even recall exactly what it was, but Arnold Schwarzenegger came up, and then they said, "Oh, I feel guilty talking about about uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger without Doctor Bill here." And once ah. again, I am chopped liver. <laughs> Oh please, please, Andy! Andy is always going on about you on Hey Kids and, and quoting you. That's true. And on on, on t- this week's episode, he mentioned my take on Spider Man, which yeah. I, so I don't want to hear you whining, but but I want to whine. <laughs> I want to be mentioned on every show, I want everywhere. To be, I want to be mentioned in glowing terms on every show. <laughs> you you you're like the Daffy Duck of podcasting. Mind my mind. I want to be on this show. <laughs> Well, I'm not. I'm only on this show. I'm not on anybody else's show. I want to be mentioned here. I want to give be invited st- on shows. I want to. I want to... Give me stuff. I'm rich. I'm rich. I'm, I'm a happy miser. <laughs> Dog, you have desecrated the lamp. Consequences, consequences. As long as I'm rich. <laughs> Miami Beach, here we come. 
Pismo Beach, isn't it? Pismo Beach. Uh, is it Pismo Beach? Yeah. Anybody doesn't get that, go look it up. <laughs> Just like I made you look up the gravy thing the other night. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about the gravy thing. And Don't we won't even tell anybody what that is. <laughs> this time, we didn't forget the gravy. The gravy. No, 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 no. Go, 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 go. This other page is the, is the tail end or part of uh, continuing Kazar's story. Is that John Ramita Sr.? It, it looks like it's Mary Jane Watson, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, because I'm looking at the one where the woman's oh, just for since nobody else can see what we're seeing unless you have this actual magazine. Uh, which what was the issue? It's Savage Conan. Uh, Savage, Conan Tales. Abor- Sa- Savage Tales. Savage Tales number one. Uh, oh, number the, one. Okay. The Kazar story is the Night of the Looter, and it's written by Stan Lee and art by John Buscema. Oh, that was going to be my next guess. Either John Ramada or John John Buscema. Buscema. Or, or John Romita. John Romita. Romita Ramada. <laughs> Jake Lamada. It's hard to draw with the boxing gloves. Anyway. Uh, it's his own purpose that way. But yeah, the the last panel there where this black-haired woman, after she's drugged Kazar with a ring with a little, I guess, whatever, knockout poison or something, she's... She goes and gets this gun, and she's she's got the she's got a revolver pointed up in the air, and she's dumping the bullets out into her hand, not even looking at them. She's looking off to the side, and she's got the perfect Mary Jane Watson look on her face. Just to, oh, it'll be so easy. Just take the bullets out of his gun and replace them with blanks, just like mm-hmm. every other man. Oh, sorry. It'll be easy. In my in my room, I have a gun. I will go get it, and we'll kill them. It'll be fun. Uh, oh yes, that's the, uh, Austin Powers. Scott. Scott. Scott Cause, Gardner. Because <laughs> you don't have enough Scots on this network already. i got to get another one in. <laughs> which is kind of funny because I make an Austin Powers reference in my synopsis. Which uh... So I guess we, ha- we have our transition. But before we do, I'm giving this story an A. Oh, yes. I think yes. the artwork is awesome. I think it introduces a new character that's been around now for over 40 years. I think... All around, every aspect of it, I think it's, it's, it creates the mood. I think the narration is strong. I, I like every aspect of the story. I'm giving it an A. This story is 11 pages long. Well, um, and for what the amount that's packed into this, even though it is a magazine, I mean, you could still shrink this down in, in, into a, you know, a regular size comic. But yes, I would also give it an A. Uh, the art, I mean, the story is straight to the point. Um, and, you know, it's got sex. It's got violence. It's got backbreaking. What more Every, could you ask for? What more could you want? Oh, wait a minute. What is the name of the? I just I was looking at the name of the newspaper he's holding. Daily. Where is it? It's on pay. It's when she's laying in the bed and he's looking at the newspaper. Something about Daily Clar. It just says Clar. It's the Daily Clar. <laughs> it could be clarinet. Daily Bugle. Daily clarinet. Clarinet could be, you know, that it's like trumpeting the news kind of thing. It could be Clark. It should be the Daily Trumpet. Like Clark Kent, but you can't uh, really see. I, I'm thinking Clarion. Clarion? Mm, don't know. And and it's the headline is saying something about a napalm bomb. <laughs> the napalm bomb. Wow. Love the smell of napalm in the morning. It smells like victory? Yeah. yeah okay. It kind of smells like bacon. Well, you're never going to go wrong with bacon. Mm, loves the smell of bacon in the morning. Smells like hardened arteries. <laughs> anyway, okay. Why don't we go on to our DC before we get, before we 
tangent again. Stop me before I tangent again. <laughs> okay, I have the DC, and as I told my esteemed colleague early before we were uh, speaking, before we restarted our call again, due to tactical difficult problems. Uh, see, that's that's my porky pig defense. That's what I call it. That's when I stumble on a word and I just go to another word. Anyway. <laughs> Come on, you've heard Porky Pig do that. Uh, many, many times. He's a police. He's a police. He's a police. He's a cop. See? See how that works? It's awesome. <laughs> or he's a sasasan. He's a sasasan. He's a He's a motherfucker. Put that. Don't forget that's in there. I do miss him once in a while. Ah. All right, I have, and I dug, I did this Scott Gardner style. I went into my boxes of comics. I found one I had written miscellaneous DC on and pulled out a book from the past eight years and went, crap, and had to shove it back in there. And went and found that everything in a freaking box was with, was well within the last 10 years. So then I had to put that box down and go find another box. And then I reached into that and found a couple uh, Elseworlds books, <laughs> like The Nail, and went, I'm not synopsizing that. I'll be here all night. <laughs> so I, I dug in again and pulled out a book I didn't even know I had. have no memory where it came from. Don't remember buying it. Must have absorbed it in somebody else's collection that maybe somebody was, you know, here, take these. I don't want them anymore. And I have Freedom Fighters number nine, um, volume, I believe it says volume two, from August 1977, which uh, I believe you said you bought off the stands, Paul. Yes, I did. Well, Isn't that sad? No, no. I mean, I most most of my uh, Star Wars comics I bought off the stands, and that was seventy, you know, late seventies. Okay. I, I remember the first Star Wars comic I bought was number seven or eight, possibly, um, in a small country store in in um, in a small country. And in a small, a small country store in a city in, in, in a town, we or just outside the country, we, we lived out, outside of Richmond, Virginia. And that was where, um, close to Richmond, close to, even closer to uh, King's Dominion, because I remember going to King's Dominion as a kid. Which had all the Hanna-Barbera um, themed characters at the park. But I digress. That's what I do. <laughs> all right. Well, you Freedom. do your synopsis. I'm going to go and do a load of laundry, and then I'm going to have dinner and <laughs> take a walk. Uh, let me take a nap, and then I'll get back to talk about the book with you. Fine. Well, let me start reading now. <laughs> See, I, I, I made sure I wrote this one so I wouldn't fall into my problem with Khan jumping forward behind sideways. J- 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 I, actually, I could say I jumped sideways because we kept tangenting into the the... I guess prime Star Trek universe and then back in the differences and the stuff and the who's and the what's it. So anyway, the information I have on the book comes from Mike's amazing world of comics. Freedom fighters. Number nine was on sale on April 11th of 1977. It's cover price is 35 cents cover credits. The artist is rich buckler was a penciler and Jack Abel is the inker. And on our cover, we have the American command. The American commando stands before a group of children, telling them that only you can prevent forest fire. No, only you hey, can. Hang on. I'm sorry. I'm going to interrupt you for a second. The cover yeah. is by Rich Buckler. Is that what you said? 
that's what the info I had, yeah. Oh, okay. Because for a second, I thought you were saying the book was by Rich Buckler. And I was no, saying, no, 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 no. Just the color. Just okay, the color. so I'm totally wrong. I'm sorry. Sorry uh, to interrupt. That's, that's cool. It, yeah. Um, so uh, we have the American commander telling the kids that only you can help me defeat these enemies of America. And um, talking about his costume, though, he's got a... He's wearing a mainly red costume with the a mask that has no top for the hair, kind of Captain Marvel style, where he's got a, a big head of white hair sticking out the top. And he's got 13 stars on his chest, and he's got blue gloves, and then a band of blue and white across his waist, and he's holding like Cap's first shield, somewhat reminiscent of that, with um, striped, red and white stripes on it with a big white star. And um, behind him on the, on the brick wall of the corner of a building is a wanted poster with the Freedom Fighters on it. Listed as Foes of the Nation. And some of the children appear to be shocked, frightened, or angry. And then as we see, uh, the, the actual Freedom Fighters are coming around this, are, are coming up the street in the foreground. Wait, no, that would be background. Idiot. <laughs> About to round the corner and walk into uh, the small group of children and the American Commando. So, our story is titled Blitzkrieg at Buffalo. Written by Bob Rosakis, penciled by Dick Ayers, inked by Jack Abel, and edited by Jack C. Harris. The Freedom Fighters are laid out on the floor of a power station with electric cables strapped to the ray at one end and Dollman on the other. Between him, uh, between them are the Human Bomb, Phantom Lady, Uncle Sam, and Black Condor. Standing above them on the platform is the American Commando, who actually is the fighter's old foe and man who framed them, the Silver Ghost. The Silver Ghost wants to see the end of his nemesis. Nemesis? Nemesis? But like all good supervillains, he has an elaborate plan and can't wait to see its fruition. That would be Dr. Evil style, or like all good supervillains. Our heroes are attached to power cables that, when reactivated, will electrocute them. The power was knocked out last issue by the Ray in his attempt to save Uncle Sam from drowning in Niagara Falls. Niagara Falls. Slowly I turned. Step by step. You there? Oh. Oh, you leave me hanging? Did you no, mute? No, no, I'm here. Yeah, I, I was muted. Sorry. <laughs> That's All right. It's you, the one with the kind face. I can't remember. That's Abbott and Costello, right? Uh, well, it's been... Uh, they've done it so many times. That's an old Waterville bit. So I've oh, is seen, it? I've seen a bunch of versions of it, in fact... Uh, or is that the Three Stooges and the Susquehanna Hat it, Company is the Abbott and Costello? Abbott and Costello have done the uh, Slowly I Turn, but actually it was Costello with another guy. It wasn't Abbott. Uh, but there's also been... Uh, they, they've done it. The Three Stooges did it. Um... Like I said, it's been done so many times. I, I was actually online looking on YouTube for different versions. There was one with... Uh, I'm trying to remember who he was doing it with, but I think it was Lou Costello doing it with Errol Flynn. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, it's it's just... An, like I said, it's just an old vaudeville bit that, you know, a bunch of different people used to do. Mm. Well, there Lucy you go. Lucy did it on uh, I Love Lucy. Oh, I don't remember that. Hmm. Ah, the oldies with the goodies. That's what Back to the Bins is. Yeah, well, anyway. like a vaudeville bit. <laughs> da, 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 da. The heroes were knocked out recently. It, it were knocked out in a recent battle with the Crusaders, a group brought together by the Ghost himself. The Commando, in quotes, 
leaves to return to said Crusaders. Meanwhile, Martha Roberts, TV reporter, reporter? How did I suddenly become a New Yorker? She's a reporter. <laughs> reporter is attempting to co- convince the Crusaders who the American, well, now I'm, uh, anyway, who the American, American commando is. Apparently, the Crusaders were also knocked out in the last battle. Splashing water on Barracuda, Barracuda, cue the heart music here. He demanded. I, I, I can't talk and boom at the same time. There you go, another nice. There's another nice LMD quote for you. <laughs> he demands to know where the freedom fighters went when Barracuda. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> Splashing water on Barracuda. Um, he demands to know where the freedom fighters went. She begins to tell them about the Silver Ghost being the American commando when Silver Ghost returns as the American commando. AC calls her a bleeding heart reporter and denies her story. When she gets a little snippy um, about the uh, bleeding heart comment, American Commando gives her the old. Was that what he gives her? <laughs> he gives it. Because that's funny you said that. Because I said he gives her the old Hank Pym. Shut up, woman. <laughs> gives her the Charles Xavier open hand to the face. Charles Xavier? Yeah, I think there was a book. I, I, I keep thinking that there was. Wasn't there a story somewhere in the X Men? Man, just tangent, tangent, tangent. Wasn't there a story about, or is this a Bruce Lee thing, about the open fist? Charles Xavier or Bruce Lee? I'm not sure which one. About the clothes. There's some, I don't know if it's the X Men or a Kung Fu thing. I didn't have time to look it up. But it's it's the closed fist versus the open hand. And how, and then I, I don't know if, like, you know, somebody slaps somebody, takes, I don't know if Bruce Lee knocks some guy out, or if it was Charles Xavier and Bruce Lee. And Magneto into your chest and pull your heart out and show it to you before you died. No, I don't think that was Bruce Lee. Yeah, he probably could do that. But no, no, no. There, there was either. I'm, I, I might be getting a movie and a comic, but that was the whole, the whole idea between Charles Xavier and Magneto's ways was, you know, uh, the closed fist was 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 evil well not evil but anger and 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 strife and the open hand was peace but you know you can also slap with the open hand anyway barracuda won't stand for this and goes mano e fisho with the american commando um barracuda uses a patented captain kirk move if move i've ever seen one with a flying l feet to the face kick on the american commando that he looks like he's he looks like he's hanging like in a gymnastics pose with his legs pointed out straight and he's in like this weird L shape, like a, you know, like an L. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish you could see my hands because I'm doing like, like an L to anyway. Thank yeah, this, God. This is an audio podcast. Thank God. It's not a video you know. podcast because I'm wearing my Spider-Man pajama pants and a black t-shirt. God. <laughs> I mean, oh, did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. Ah, <laughs> uh, then he goes through a, a elaborate series of flips in the air for no apparent reason and flies right into the shield of the American commando. Uh, quick draw McGraw, or El Cabong, goes down quickly. El Cabong, right to the shield. <laughs> I've just kicked you in the face. Let me flip around for a while while you recover before I come after you again. So this way you can knock me out with one hit. 
Right. <laughs> Down goes Cuda. Down goes Cuda. American Commando tells the rest of the Crusaders to head west. Go west, young man, and find and capture the Freedom Fighters. While he returns to New York City to report to D.A. Peterson, uh, taking Miss Roberts with him. Actually, he tells Martha he is returning to the power station to dump the charred bodies of the Freedom Fighters over into the falls. At, back at said power station, though the Ray has awakened and tries to rouse Uncle Sam to no avail. The generators kick on, and the Ray begins to absorb as much energy as he can before it can kill the others, but he won't be able to do so for long. The Ray begins yelling, and eventually Uncle Sam does wake up and is able to reach up to one of the cables and unplug it. How convenient. It was plugged into a three-pronged socket. <laughs> Thus allowing them to escape and head out after waking the others and track down the Crusaders. Minutes later, the American Commando slash Silver Ghost returns to, f- to, uh, 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 to find that the Freedom Fighters have escaped. No matter, though, he will use Martha as a hostage against them. The Freedom Fighters have now found the Crusaders and engaged them in a battle. The Ray and Dollman, though, break off to find Martha and the Silver Ghost, although they don't know that he's the Silver Ghost yet. They haven't been let in on that. The, Cru- the Crusaders are dispatched pretty quickly as Uncle Sam punches Barracuda and bends his trident. Well, that doesn't sound good either. The Human Bomb punches Fireball. Phantom Lady punches Rusty, and he's later kicked in the gut by Black Condor. Oddly, Sparky, another one of the Crusaders, is never seen being beaten, but we next see they have all given up, and Uncle Sam wants some, Uncle Sam wants some answers. The truth is that the Crusaders, which were based on a comic book team, are actually, wait for it, comic book fans, and were approached by the American Commando at a comic book convention and recruited to uh, to be in, to be the empowered heroes. What? <laughs> just I don't know. Just I'm looking at the picture of them at the comic convention. It's just a funny shot. You wonder if they've got con funk, you know. One of them is Roy Thomas, and considering they're based on the Invaders, I think that's all intentional. Well, yeah, because their names are Lenny, Marvin, Roy, and Arch. So are we thinking? So Archie it's Marv Goodwin? Wolfman, Len Len Wein, Roy Thomas, Roy Thomas, and, and probably Archie, Archie Goodwin. Yeah, yeah. All eager to become real superheroes. Their first mission was to capture the Freedom Fighters, the criminals that they are. Uncle Sam tells them. They aren't criminals, but merely a super group of heroes who've fallen on bad times. Which reminds me, remember the old Bugs Buddy cartoon where Humphrey Bogart kept coming out? Ah, uh, can you help a fellow American down on his luck? <laughs> yeah, that was the one with the penguin, because penguins is... Oh, that's right. Ch- that's right, we did talk about that before. I had forgotten. Shame on me. It was the only penguin born in captivity in Hoboken. Hoboken? <laughs> I'm... Dying again. <laughs> Back to the story. Uh, Uncle Sam wants to know just who the American Commando is. He won't find out this you this issue, but two of his teammates will. The Ray and Dollman have caught up with the American Commando slash Silver Ghost and Martha. She yells to them that it is really the Silver Ghost. Dollman leaps off of the Ray because he had been riding piggyback on his shoulders while the Ray was flying. To the silver ghost, only to be swatted away like a little doll, and falls to his death. <laughs> or does he? The ray, uh, the ray blinds uh, the American commando and 
and uh, the rake. Wow, I can't even read my writing. Imagine that. Yeah, the and rake I, punches I him. I picture in... you as having such good penmanship. Yeah, shut up. I was writing fast. <laughs> the rake blinds the American commando and punches him. Um, and of course, his first reaction after being punched is to drop Martha so he could get away. And now Martha is falling to her death. Ah, but the ray rushes to save her. And meanwhile, Dollman has also saved himself using his mental powers. The ray is ready to pursue the Silver Ghost because by now they know this because she had uh, Martha had yelled it to them and tells Daryl, his Dollman's real name, "Let's go." But Martha is shaken up and asks him to stay with her. Daryl can't can't face losing another Martha Roberts, and tells Ray to go. Ray uh, isn't happy with this, but he goes and leaves anyway. Martha says she will testify and help clear the the freedom fighters of the charges against them. Next, we see Dollman has gone back to uh New, to, to New York City, enters the office of DA David Pearson, and Pearson is, sh- is shocked to see him. Signals a silent buzzer for help, um, and then the uh, Ray is speaking to him, saying, "I've realized there's a better way from the better way than running from the law." And Pearson looks very, uh, actually, Commissioner Gordon-like somewhat in this picture. Maybe a little heavier Commissioner Gordon, hitting too many donuts. And uh, he's saying, what? What are you doing? No, not me. Don't. And what appears to be a gunshot goes off, and we get a yarg out of uh, the DA. And next we see the uh, uh, the doll man, or doll man picking up the gun that's laying in the floor, still smoking. And he picks up the gun, and DA Pearson is slumped across his desk. And um, in walk the police and a guy in a green suit with, wow, really bad hair. <laughs> I'm trying to Man. think of who he looks like. I can't. I mean, he. It's kind of wow. kind of got a Harpo Marx hair. Uh, yes. Har- Harpo Marx and glasses. But, but, and then, but then horn rim glasses and, and a black horn-rimmed. mustache. Oh, my God. He's just murdered Mr. Pearson. And uh, next, the Freedom Fighters in Minnesota. The Ray fights alone, the origin of Dollman, and the most sensational saga of all time in Murder in Miniature. On sale the third week in June. And that is that. So this is actually my first time, other than um, appearances of the Freedom Fighters uh, in Crisis and other, usually, event books, I have never really read... Start to finish a full Freedom Riders, uh, Riders, Freedom Freedom Fighters comic. So this was kind of a first, which is why I said I was surprised when I was looking through that I didn't even know I had this in my collection. I mean, I've since then found you know some Freedom Fighters, but I haven't read them yet. So I'm not really up on the history of uh, I I know that they're on Earth X, and I know that it's a uh, I believe a world where Nazi Germany won the war, and then they are actually still fighting world war two is that correct or they're actually now guerrilla wars you know in a guerrilla warfare with the nazis is that true paul i i don't know if they if they're still fighting world war two or if world war two is over and they're the resistance right but right. one way that's, or the other that's the, that's more what i meant uh i'm not sure which one it is and these are all characters that existed in the golden age that were non they were not dc uh i'm not sure off the top of my head what company they were uh, that they were all with, but DC acquired them and then brought them into the DC universe. And I, if my memory is correct, the first appearance of them in the DC universe would have been in a uh, Justice League crossover. But now I have to wonder, by by the way some of this sounds, if if they're not in another parallel universe, because or because it's 
again, I apologize. I just got this book literally five hours ago <laughs> and and didn't have time to research everything. So I'm wondering if they've come into another universe because they mentioned the, the other Martha that he lost to Martha Roberts, that uh, doll man had lost, uh, w- wouldn't lose another Martha Roberts. I wonder if he lost her in a parallel, if they're on a parallel earth right now. I'm not sure. I couldn't couldn't tell you. It, that sounds like a good explanation for it, but I can't tell you for certain that that's accurate or not. Yeah, Dollman is Daryl Dane. Phantom Lady is Sandra Knight. Ray is Henry Terrell. Black Condor is Thomas Wright. And the Human Bomb is Roy Lincoln. So, what do you think of the... Uh, the outfit of the American command of the Maracomando. Well, it's clearly a Captain America analog. Yeah. Uh, instead of the one big star on his chest, he has the thirteen small stars in a circle. I uh, I, they, they I reversed did count those. They I did re- count those to make sure that there was thirteen. I was like, is that thirteen? Oh okay. yeah, it is. But I mean, they they reversed the red and the blue, and then they made the stripes. Uh, horizontal at the at the you know at his at his abs instead of uh, vertical yeah and he's got blue gloves on blue boots you know the the typical cap boots that come up yeah but but like, caps would have been red and then the pants would have been blue instead his pants right. red and the boots are blue so they just kind of change things around a little bit and then they cut off the top of his cowl and it, it does appear also that he's got chain you know a chain mail yeah so, oh, at least yeah. On, on the cover it does yeah it really doesn't show that later yeah you, you can't really see if that's chain, chain mail later. oh yeah you can. there's, there's, there's a couple of shots where you yeah. can see a little bit inside but it's it's much more clear on the cover but then well, the cover some, by rich buckler who is just great inside though they really screwed up some of the um the inking on the shield because if you notice on some panels like the top stripe is green and so then it's the red and then it's the blue ink. yeah oh sorry sorry my bad yeah and then like the next page the the like the the cover it's red and white in the book, it's green, red, blue. In the next panel, it's blue, red, green. Starting at the top, it it, it changes. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. He <laughs> had <laughs> yeah, really not paying attention, like you know, right hand. Who's the colorist in this issue? Actually, the same guy that lay, that did the cover did the did the issue. Um, d- 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 Abel, Abel, yeah, Jack Abel, action armed artist. Did a bad job. If if he did the coloring, he did a bad job with it. Because, I mean, if nothing else, you got to at least be consistent. Yeah. Another thing that's weird, uh, I'm wondering what happened to Uncle Sam's hat. The top of it's gone. It's, like, cut off at the top, like he pushed his fist through the top of it. Maybe he was ran into the Susquehanna hat. Susquehanna hat guy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what, what happened there. Maybe in the prior issue, something happened to it. Yeah, and all the, all the Crusaders are straight-up Marvel invaders analogs. You've got Barracuda, which is the monarch of the oceans, and he has wings on his feet. His skin is blue. He's got pointy ears. He's got pointy ears. Oh, yeah, I didn't even notice that. He's got pointy ears. <laughs> I don't know how they but, get away with this. <laughs> but he, he went down quicker than Morbius in, in a group of sharks. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, so let, me, let me put on my shield. Okay, he's out. Here, let me, let me flying L kick you in the face. And then I'm going to go up in the air. I'm going to do a spin, and I'm going to fly way away from you, allow you time to recover, and then speed at you as fast as I can, telling you where the I the where the mightiest creature is king. And then I'm just going to hold my shield up, and you're going to go down like a just down like a chump. 
Instead of just punching you, I have to do a triple Lindy first. <laughs> Bong. And then we have Fireball and Sparky, which would be the Human Torch and Toro analogs. And then Rusty would be the Bucky analog. Yeah, Rusty needs a haircut. <laughs> yeah, he does. He needs to learn to fight. <laughs> Phantom Lady socks him in the jaw. That's a bad looking punch, too. Yeah, it looks like her, her arm looks like it's about... It looks like it's... She's got a deformed like, small hand. <laughs> like her arm was going to break with that punch. She's not even touching his face. <laughs> that that looks like when you know when you're 12 years old and somebody draws a comic page. It, it's that quality of, of motion. You know who Rusty looks like? Uh, he. I don't know. This is, this is going back to Saturday Night Live. You've seen the ambiguously gay duo. <laughs> <laughs> Does he not look like? <laughs> The sidekick in the ambiguously gay duo. Maybe that's what inspired them. <laughs> oh, and I'm, and I'm looking at the comic convention picture. Clearly, they're, they're drawn to be Roy Thomas, Len Wein, and Marv Wolfman. Marv would be the one with the beard. Uh, well, it, on on what what page is it here? It's page uh, fourteen of oh, fourteen. Thirteen of the story. Yeah. Uh, in the middle left panel, it's Roy Thomas in the front. And then the second guy would be Len Wein, and then the third guy in the back would be Marv Wolfman. Mm. And then and I'm assuming the guy off to the right, in, and you could see his head in between the Roy Thomas head and the Len Wein head. I'm assuming that's Archie Goodwin. Yeah. And it, it it's just hard. It does look similar to him, but it's such a small rendering at that point that it's hard to tell if it's definitely supposed to be him or not. Mm-hmm. And and then in the panel next to that, they gave uh, Len Wein a little bit of a paunch. I don't know if he had one or not. But... <laughs> He's, he's, de- he's definitely not looking in shape. <laughs> he's the guy with the with the with the with, with the sweater on. Yeah, with the like yellowish sweater. Yeah, yeah, with the shirt underneath. Yeah, and, and then, then we've got, then uh, he's got he's got the pair of polyester pants. <laughs> <laughs> and that I must it's be supposed to be jeans, but <laughs> but, and, but it's and, funnier if I think of him as polyester pants. And I guess behind him would be Archie Goodwin because we don't. That's not the clothes. We can't see what the other three guys. Well, we can see what the other three guys are wearing. And he's got like a what is that? Is that a laser shoot suit jacket maybe, or like a jacket with some? Uh, well, you can't see if there's little pads on the elbows, like a corduroy jacket. <laughs> I guess I shouldn't laugh. I had a corduroy jacket. Corduroy jackets are cool. And pants, because you make so much noise. I bet you, you can't. Professor see- Allen has a corduroy jacket. Mm. You know, you can't sneak up on anybody in corduroy. No, that's true. <laughs> but it's great in the winter because you can shock the shit out of people. <laughs> Ow! Pick up a cat, rub a balloon on him, blow up your house. The uh, doll man looks an awful he, lot like Superman. I was just going to say that because the next panel down, he's got the spit curl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that panel right there, if you just isolate that panel right there, you couldn't, there's no way Superman would be, that would be your first guess. You would not say, oh, yeah, it's doll man, obviously. No. <laughs> You've got a red cape. Yeah. That's all you could see. Yeah, and the Ray's kind of a douche. <laughs> Although I mean, I well, because I didn't really okay, because Dollman or uh, Daryl, which uh, bottom of page sixteen, panel all the way in the left hand corner, he's doing that double take thing like we talked about in the Amazing Spider Man one, but actually yes. it's done a little better here because one of the heads is actually like a it's a faded motion. It's not. It doesn't look. It it kind of looks like he has two heads, but one. Although the hair isn't colored as lighter, it's like the skin is more translucent, like it's a quick movement of the head. 
Whereas in the Spider-Man one, it looked like he had two heads. But it's it's strange because he has that big collar on his cape. And in the second head, it's like they didn't know what to do with it because they drew his chin in over the collar, but then they colored it the color of the collar. Yeah, but that but that would be because the, the, the head's translucent because that's where his head was, and then he pulled it back towards us. You know, so I, that's I, why you I see find the that collar. offensive for all of us who have translucent heads. <laughs> What do you got? What do you got? Uh, what are you, Rosie Greer? And you've got, uh, well, what's his name? Ian Ray Milland. Ray Milland. You've got Ray Milland's head on your shoulder. I prefer to think I'm Ray Milland than I have Rosie Greer's head on my shoulder. But whatever. So, so that Rosie head Greer was too some, big of a dude. So that head could do some knitting when, you, <laughs> when you're not looking. Stop that. You wake up in the middle of the night. You're, you're. Oh my God, I've knitted a whole afghan. What the, what the hell is this? See, now I don't have to bleep that out. Thank you for catching yourself. <laughs> I, I did a quick self edit. No problem. Uh, so yeah, that's that's where we get the the thing where he says, uh, "I lost to Martha Roberts once before because fighting was more important. I can't let that happen again." And El Duche, oh, I'm I'm sorry. The Ray says, "I'll try and remember that while I'm trading punches with that bozo." Pow. <laughs> And off he goes. <laughs> Smooth move. He's a nice guy. Yeah. So the next issue we're gonna get the origin of Dollman. Which I have no idea what the origin really of any of the characters are here. Uh, I don't recall, except that Uncle Sam is actually supposed to be the living embodiment of the spirit of America. Oh yeah, yeah, because that's what he says when he bends uh, Barracuda's trident. And no, that's not a euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, Barracuda's just a bitch. <laughs> Suffer and seals, you bent my trident. Dang tootin' I did, and now I'm gonna unbend you. Pow! He he is definitely not Namor. No, he's he's a chump. Yeah, and the human bomb. Ta- all these guys have glass jaws. They're taken out just so easy. Yeah, the human bomb. He he doesn't. He he even takes off his glove. To he takes off his glove him. and punches fireball in the face. <laughs> Boop, gone. You don't scare me. And half of the ambiguously gay duo. It's kicked in the groin by the black condor. <laughs> so, but I mean, uh, so yeah, we've kind of ripped it apart. Um, what do you think for a grade? I, I'm going to give it. Ooh. I mean, the art overall, I mean, there's a couple little coloring things, but I like the cover. I would give the cover just alone. But that's different artist though. So you got to break it up a little then. Okay. Well, I mean, that that's why I'm saying just, just the cover. I would give the cover mm, like a like a B. Okay, so far we're in agreement because I was also thinking a B for the cover. Yeah, um, for the art in the book, uh, especially Martha, man, Martha's got a weird look to her. Uh, although it is funny, well, I I shouldn't say funny when American Commando smacks her. It's like her whole face is covered by this. <laughs> It says smack above it, and then it's got this big yellow blob over her head. Looks like you should be taking her head off with that hit. I mean, with the with the motion lines behind it, she should be dead. But anyway, I'm going off off topic. I'm going to say like C minus on the art on, on the inside for for me. Although mm-hmm. some of the characters are defined, it's just some of the wonkiness and the color issues, uh, and Martha's look is just weird. I'm I'm gonna say that the artwork is inconsistent enough and poor enough at some points that I'm giving it a D. Okay. Yeah, I, I was bordering on D, but I went a little bit higher for some of the. Some of them are defined good, but but yeah, it is 
inconsistent. Story, I mean, a lot of it is, uh, as Thomas DJ and uh, Derek Ferguson would say, punchy, punchy, run, run, because really that's a lot of what it is. We escape, we chase them, they chase us, we punch them, they punch us, we win, they lose. He smacks a girl. He smacks a girl, you know. Um, I mean, it's kind of pedestrian. I mean, and then you're given this mystery at the end. I'm going to say the story, I'm going to probably go with a C for the story, too. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you on that because my thoughts on the story was it's not bad, but it's not particularly memorable or good, so it's average. Yeah. Which is a C. Yeah, yeah, it's just an average comic. It's not it's not going to change the world, you know, but it's it, and it was actually a pretty quick read, too. I mean, well, the story is only 17 pages. So but uh, now I'm kind of curious as to what happened, who actually shot that, who shot uh, Fat Commissioner Gordon and what Harpo Marx is going to do about it. I think it was uh, Kristen. Kristen? Wasn't that uh, wasn't it Kristen that oh, shot J.R.? Yeah. Was that Crystal? I think it was Kristen. It was Bing, Bing Crosby's daughter or Mary Crosby. Or, was it his daughter or his granddaughter? I think it might be been a granddaughter. Not sure though. Mm. Yeah, she yet, was hot back. Then. Yet we're tangenting <laughs> <Sorry>. again. <laughs> Stick to the comics, pal. There's a couple of shots here. Just going back to the art. There's a couple of shots here where where people are very awkwardly posed. The last shot with the doll man holding the gun. He looks that looks terrible. A couple of the action shots with people throwing punches. <laughs> yeah, because he's got it. He's got his whole arm. His elbow is horizontal, and his forearm is horizontal, and he's got the gun up, pointed down towards the dead guy on the desk. And he's looking like he's got to take a dump. <laughs> and he's got uh, punched over while he's doing it. Uh, I mean, yeah, and he's kind of he's like next down. A couple of and the then it's badly drawn as far as the action and just the layouts. I I, I really. Uh, I'm I'm tempted to go lower than D, but I'm gonna just leave it at the D. Mm. Yeah. You got anything else? <laughs> no, no. I think I think we've pretty much beat this horse. Beat the <laughs> shit out of this one. Beat beat it and made some glue out of it. Smacked it like a foolish woman. Shut up, woman. Mm, I pity the woman who won't shut up. Bleeding heart reporter. All right, I guess we're going to end it there. Yeah, yeah, this is good. Uh, what are we doing next? You think well, we, do, we do the guys, Avengers Guys, next, thank right? goodness you're still here. Whoa. Scott, Scott Hyphen. What are you doing here? Look, i got a big project. Something's happening across all of the Two True Freaks podcasts, and I don't know how we can nail all this down. I need your help. Uh, okay. What do you need? Well, here, take a look at this folder. Oh, wow. Hmm. When, when are we supposed to get started on this? Uh, as soon as possible. Time's running out. Time is running out. Come on, let's go. Okay. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, where am I going to... F- wait a minute. Where am I going to find a bobby pin in space at this hour? That's uh, why I got you involved. I need you. Let's go. Uh, I got nothing else to do. Let's go, Paul. All right. I guess. Uh, yeah. I'll... Where are we meeting up, Georgia? It's, don't don't wait up. <laughs> <laughs> Just get on the midnight train. Let's go. <laughs> well, I think we got enough to trim this up and make it into something good. Although you never you never know. Oh, Paul.
Dr. Bill, what are you doing here in Georgia at this hour? Well, well I, you, I took you, the last, what? Huh? Uh, huh? What? La. What? La, la, la. Well, anyway, uh, we took the last train to Clarksville. Paul met me at the station. We got her by 4.30, and without any hesitation, oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. But I don't know if I'm ever going home. I have no idea what you're talking about, but have we moved forward on the project, Denny? Well, that's why we're here. We're trying to move forward, and a lot of people tell us to go F ourselves. Well, I don't think it was quite that bad. Yeah, I was It was more like you, your family, the guy in the car, go F yourself. I'm assuming. By F, you don't mean freak. <laughs> no. This is freak initiative project. Nope. No All right, fit. Well, then we've got to redouble our efforts. We've got to get out there and we've got to get everybody involved. We've got to stretch out across the podcasting universe and get this done or else. Redouble our efforts? What, is the emperor coming? He's not as forgiving as I am. Mm. So we're going to have a lot of good content on the next episode. We're going to be taking a look at the next issue of Shogun Warriors from Marvel. And we're going to have a little bit something of of Ultraman Ginga as well. So as I say every week, thank you very much and keep them stomping. Luke. Oh, Mr. Rifen, I know why you're here. You You haven't responded. Damn it. He's not alone, Luke. We sent you. We sent the folder two weeks ago. You haven't responded. What's wrong? Oh, you know what's wrong. I received your folder. I know exactly what you people want. We expect your cooperation, Luke. Well, you can count me out, Spataro, and I don't care how much muscle you guys send my way. You're not pushing me around. This is my show. Luke, it is your show. But we're nothing without them, and we're nothing without you. Please. Don't make me make you an offer that you can't refuse. For the sake of the Freak Initiative Project, we need you. Fine. But don't expect to be happy about it. When when have we ever expected that? (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at backtothebins at gmail.com or by visiting the Two True Freaks section of www.forumforgeeks.com. Back to the Bins is produced in association with the Two True Freaks podcast, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com and is a registered trademark of Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Back to the Bins is a proud member of both the League of Comic Book Podcasts, which you may find at comicbooknoise.com league, and also the Comics Podcast Network, which you may find at comicspodcasts.com. Take a moment to stop by their respective sites and support their other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week.